0: Good morning, everybody. And a good night of Shabbos, Barry. Uh, Today we'll be learning to have Pei Zayin in Maseches Nadarim, a scheduling, uh, I guess, uh, announcement that next week, Andrew is going to be a little bit away. I'm going to be a little bit away on Monday. And so Tuesday, Bezrat Hashem, will be the last day of Nadarim. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Barry is going to be sitting here. So Monday I'm not here because I'm in uh, New York. It's my mother's birthday, Zalzayin Gizont, and I'll be working in New York. So Tuesday is the last day of Nadarim, so Bli Neder will be here Tuesday. Andrew's forcing me to come in, even though I know I'm going to be tired. I'm going to push through because we have to make a Sium Bezat Hashem on Nadarim. And then Wednesday, Bezat Hashem, I will be here as well for the first day of Nazir, God willing. And then Yeshiva winter break. Don't ask. Did I tell you where I was going to be, Barry? My um, okay. So shout out to the they are going to be in, in Miami, and I was going to be I was going to go somewhere else. They invited us for Shabbos. Long story short, I'll be in Miami, and as fate would have it, um, they're going to be there's going to be a big seum for Nadarim and all and and uh, there's a whole chevra is going to be taking over Miami. Don't ask, but I'm going to be inadvertently participating in major maseches Nadarim seum. See him in Miami. That's not by design, but it's divine, okay? This is divine intervention. But, and then we'll resume the following week. I think it'll be Wednesday, okay? By then we'll be in Nazir or Chesertes. So uh, I'll come back, Barry, and you'll already have like, long hair and you will have not had, drank wine in a while. Um, okay. So, so all of next week, besides Tuesday, you're going to be... Tuesday, Wednesday. So last day of Nadarim and first day of Nazir, we hope to be here. But other than that, so Tuesday, Wednesday, we will be here next week. And then the following week, we resume Wednesday, and then that hopefully will, will uh, take us all the way to the wedding and beyond. Okay? So, okay. But let's start on Pevavim Beis. The Mishnah is talking about... We'll start from the Mishnah. It's talking about the inadvertent how far is so nadra isha be savar shavita nadra vita be savar shana ishta it's interesting he heard it's a fascinating thing actually um that i pick i didn't pick up the uh wait right, I, I i i looked at the mafarish what's the case um says the mafarish in the Mishnah. she shama hadar haya savar shavita yeah that's what I thought he heard the nether I thought he heard it from the other room um, uh, however in, if you look at the ran Nadra Ishto, so I, I don't know is there a difference is there a machlokas here between the mefarish and the ran does one hold that he right does one hold that he heard the nether like through the wall and the other one heard that somebody told him that she made the nether and does it matter? I'm not 100% sure. But the Rana and the Mepharish look like they're saying something else. Um, be that as it may, right? Because we're, we're towards the end of Nadarim now, and, we're, and I'm wondering, Hafaris Nadarim, uh, I guess you can make Hafaris Nadarim without having heard, the, without being in the room, right? Without having heard the actual nether in front of you, which I, I assume makes sense. It just it never... You know, when we talk about Yibum and Chalitza, and you're like, you're so almost. Obviously, everybody uh, is in the room, right? Hafaris Nadarim, maybe not the case, right? And it's just the first time that that question happened to occur to me. Anyways, so Nadri, be that as it may, here, right, whether he was in, in the room or whether he heard from somebody else, and now he's doing the Hafaris Nadarim, but really, he's dealing with misinformation, Andrew. So, as we'll see, Hariza Yachzar Briyafar is going to be the halacha. in all of the cases that we're going to bring up he has to do the hafar again. The hafar doesn't work because he thought in this case that the wrong person made the nether, and he had the wrong person in mind. Or nader ibn nazir Or if he didn't, he he knew who made the nether. That was clear to him, but the content of the nether he had wrong. So he's being Mayfair a nether, but he's being made for the wrong right nether. Right. So she she decides she's going to be a nazir. And he thought that she was actually designating something as a carbon, or carbon. this would be true, even in the right converse. Um, or So here, it's the content uh, and the intent was known to him. It's not like, "Oh, I thought she was doing something totally else. He understood that she was making a nether with respect to fruit. But he got the wrong fruit. Even if what, all you did was get the wrong fruit, Wow. And then we pointed out yesterday from the Mefarish what seems to be a major Chiddush, which is that he could be man. says the Mefarish, Which again seems like a very, right, uh, a very, very big Chiddush. Because it means that there's an uh, the, the nether stays in abeyance. That Even though normally we say that the nether has to stay, that the nether has to be what you only have a 24-hour period, let's say, or a toshkiah to be made for the nether. If you were made for the nether betos, so that doesn't accomplish anything in terms of the hafara, okay? But it does accomplish something because it keeps that nether kind of in abeyance such that when you find out that you made the wrong call, you actually could still be mayfair. Which is to say, and we'll see this in the next Mishnah also, and we've quoted this already, this idea that the moment you find out that you can, we, we already saw this before and we're going to be quoting it at the end of today when we get to it, God willing, that if you, let's say, you didn't know that, that you could do hafaras nadarim or you didn't know that this was an ender. So we already said, the clock of Hafara of when you can do hafara doesn't start until you gain knowledge of both of those things, right? So similarly here, when you don't know who made the nether, then the clock of Hafar nadarim doesn't start. So that 24-hour period that you get to be made for a nether only starts once you have clarity about several things. Number one, who made the nether? Number two, that you, it is in fact the nether. Number three, that you can be made for a nether, right? Number four, what the actual content of the neder was, and so that's that's a chiddush that's important for the mafarsh to point out, right? Or not a chiddush? That's a that's an important halacha that all of that full clarity is necessary in order to start the clock of when you could do hafarsh nedarim. But until you have all that clarity, the hafarsh nedarim, even if you attempted it, is invalid. Okay, so then I'm not even sure if. Uh, you needed to have attempted the hafar sandarm in order to right, keep the nether and abeyance, right. It just until you have the clarity, then the clock doesn't start. Be that as it may, the gemar says the following: the the yani What does that mean? It means like this. Says the mafarish the Maimra, the in the midbar. It says like this: avia osa Who? In other words, it says when it talks about. Right, the parashas of Darm that we've mentioned from the beginning of this Smasechla, when it talks about the father knowing the neder, it says Osa. It says that the father, right, is going to, right, is going to restrain his daughter's neder, in the context of a faris nedarim, and when it says so, it says Osa dafka her, as the mafarish says in the last line in the mafarish down there where it says Rashi. And that's the source. The Passock says that you have to be made for Nedarim in the name of the actual person that made the Nedar. If you do it for anybody else, it doesn't work. And that's the source of our mission. fine. So now as we finally arrive, Pei Zayn from the very top Quran, we say it like this, but when it comes for tearing Kriya upon hearing of somebody's death is the first step, right, before you get into the Availus. It says there what? al. Where does it say al, al? The Pasuk. The Pasuk is like this, the tragedy of Sha'ol and Yonasan. An uh, unspeakable tragic story, right? Of the death of Sha'ol and Yonasan by the sword, right? And it says, in Shefer uh, Shmuel, right? al so Al Shaul, VeAl Yonos and VeAl Amashem, VeAl Bnei Israel. So it sounds VeAl, 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 like there is a separate kriya on each and every one of the individuals. So that's what the Gemara is here saying, right? Which the Mafarish actually spells out. Look at the first Mefarish: The Krovim. Somebody loses two Krovim Oshlosha Likra Alkal Echad In other words. Certainly, there is a uh, there is mourning, and so and so so you tear Korea Chas v'Shalom when there's mourning al Letzlan. Now you're definitely grieved, but your grief, right, is not singular to you. Meaning, it's not just oh you're grieving over multiple people, and therefore it's about you, and you only grieve once, right? You can't grieve three times over, but you can. In other words, you have to tear Kriya for each individual that you're grieving for. Okay, so how's that relevant to us? Let's see in the Gemara. So when it comes to tearing Kriya, Al Al, Al it implies that you have to do what? Tear Kriya for each one, Vitanya, and with regards to that, they said in the Braissa, lo, mes aviv kriya. So when it comes to Kriya, if somebody tells you your father died, it turns out is your son. So then you are Yotzeh, which is to say, when it comes to Kriya, you don't have to tear Kriya again, even though it was a case of mistaken identity. So when it comes to grieving, you grieved for the wrong person, you don't have to do it again. So why therefore for Nedarim, when you did Hafaris Nadarim for the wrong person, you do have to make the nether again? So the Gemara says, "Amrei lo kasha habistam behabim So, Barry, do you, do, does this does this question resonate with you? Uh, why why should kriya and adarim be the same? You could say, "Wait a minute, you, you express grief." No, but the Torah says you, that the Torah explicitly tells you that the grief that you express through the tearing of the clothing has to be assigned to somebody. So even though it's not the same word, word right? By the Dharma it says osa. And by, by ter and kriya it says al. We have two different sources um, that teach you essentially the same thing, that you have to designate the person that you are doing availos for, just like you have to designate the person that you're right, being made for the nether for. Why should the halacha be different, right? Where, for one, if you do it by mistaken identity, it doesn't work. And hafaras Dharm, and for the other, when you're doing mistaken identity and you tear kriya for the wrong person, it does work. So as we'll see, it's probably not uh, different; it's just circumstantial. The Gemara is now going to give several uh, scenarios where it's really just circumstantial. The brysa, with regards to tearing kriya is talking about a different case, but really both of them you would have to do. You'd have to do the kriya or the Dharm for for specific purpose person. So what's the difference? Amri Lokasha. With the, this is not really a question. Both of them really have the same halacha, both the Farsan Tarim and Kriya. However, Habistam, when you talk about the B'risa, but Kriya, they didn't tell him who died. They just said someone died. So he tore Kriya in a sort of general sense. The and Mefaresh. And our Mishnah is when they told, they told him specifically who made the nether and it was a case of mistaken identity. So that's different. And and in fact, the Gemara now is going to bring a brisa to support that. And the brisa says, "If somebody told a person that their father died, he tore kriya." No, he says, just like kafaris nedarim, that if somebody finds out out that he tore kriya for his father instead of his son, he's not going to be yotze kriya. But if all they told him was somebody died and he thought it was his father, and he taught Kriya, and then it turns out, Rehman's son, Yatsa a son, then he is Yotzei Dei Kriya. Now, would that be true for HaFars Nadarm also? In other words, if it's Stab for HaFars Nadarm, somebody tells him, you know, uh, either your wife or your daughter or one of your daughters made another and he just did hafaras Nadarm in a general sense. Would that work? I don't know, right? So it is a little bit of a chiddish to say that that that, that would work, uh, but we learned, uh, nevertheless, that with regards to kriya, it does work. There is certain thing where you do kriya, and if you could do it in a general sense, so then that actually would work. And even if you thought you were tearing kriya for one, as long as it's not explicit, then you are and you don't have to tear kriya again. So that's one solution. Uh, Ravashi Amar he has a different solution. Um, which is uh, even a little bit, uh, which is even uh, more limited. Yeah. In other words, the first solution is a little bit limited, Barry, because the first solution is is a big kiddish. because it, like I said, it means that if you tear Korea in a general sense, then then it actually works. I didn't. That, that's a big kiddish to me. Okay, but. Uh, uh, in other words, and even if you thought it was for, for somebody else, as long as you didn't tear a career for somebody specific, it still works. Okay. The second solution is very, is, is much more technical. The concept of toh dibur. Toh dibur, there's a machlokas in the Rishonim. You can listen to Ravari Lieber, it's the great Tafiyomi Master, talk all about how some hold that it's the amount of time it takes you to say Shalom alecha, Rebbe versus the amount of time it takes you to say Shalom alecha, Rebbe Mori. In Mesachus Brachas, it looks like Shalom Alech The Rambam isn't buying it. He, he Shalom Alech Okay. Be that as it may, Toch de Dibur, Andrew, is Kedibor dummy. It's the meaning that you have that amount of time to change your mind almost always. So what happens here? In other words, in our Mishnah, you waited past the Toch Dibor amount of time to elapse, and therefore, when you and therefore, you lost your chance to switch your to change your mind, and that's why you have the hafara doesn't work. Whereas in the case of the kriya, this is this is an application of toche de dibur. You could see, uh, Andrew, you always thought toche Debur dibur means that you said like svirosa um, omer, right? It's on the fourth night, and you say Yom, yom, shlishi ah That that's toche dibur because it's in the act of dibur. Right, and and Nefaris Nadarm is also an act of Dibur. Kriya is not an act of Dibur, Kriya is just tearing. Unbelievably, it turns out, and this is what the the Mepharshim explained over here, that what you did was, chas v'shalom, you tore Kriya, thinking you tore Kriya for a parent, let's say, and then it turns out, you find out within seconds, after the fact, after you tore Kriya, who you were supposed to tear Kriya for, as long as it was Tolkadei Dibur, it counts. That's also a big Kiddush, right? Because when you tore the Kriya, you tore Kriya for the wrong person, all of a sudden, you're able to retroactively, right, attach a different person to the act of Kriya. So that really doesn't have anything to do with Dibur, but it has to do with the fact that that amount of time, anything that happens within that small amount of time, you can retroactively even attach it to, the, to your action that you just did, okay? So, as follows. the karmas de Kriya. So, when you talk about in the first bracer, right, that you're Yotze Kriya, you found out right after you tore that it was in fact your son. Yeah. And in the second bracer, when you say that it's not Yotze Kriya, it's all one issue. According to Ravashi, it's all the issue of when did you find out? If you found out fast enough, then you're Yotze. Wow. And we have even a Bryson to support it. Okay. So the person has Chola in their house, and the guy faints, and you think he's dead. You're like, oh. He starts tearing Korea. And it turns out, oh yeah, yeah, he is dead. So it turns out when you tore Korea, he wasn't dead yet. And, and, and then, and then all of a sudden, he dies right after you tear Kriya. Lo Kriya. It's all a Kade Dibur issue. Ravashi is aware of this b'risa, and he realizes, yeah, he tore Kriya, and you say, Ay, ay Shlimila is, is gone. And then all of a sudden, you hear his last breath. Oh, right away. Afterwards, if that happened, Kade Dibur. Korea is fine. You don't have to redo it. Right? If you didn't do it, then you have to. You're not Yojtse, and you have to do Kriya again. If you did it, then it in fact is like Dibur, and it works. Amazing. Okay. Now, the Gemara finally tells us a halakha, a fundamental halakha with respect to dibur. And it says a fundamental idea that anything happen that happens within this span of time Dibur, it's gonna work. me the following four exceptions, however a person who curses Hashem, who is doing a you know worship. Verbal avodah zara, chas v'shalom, and being mekadesh anisha or being megarish anisha. In those four cases, even if you change your mind right away, it doesn't work. You're going to be either Chayev for avodah zara, or you're going to have you will have married or divorced the woman. What's the reasoning? So look uh, five lines down in the run. the run, and and it's towards the end. See where the ron says v'nir be'enai. The Ran is five lines down in the wide. And he says towards the end, right there, This is a couple of things in the Ran. We'll, uh, we'll explain it. First of all, he quotes Perkish Nochlin where it only quotes the Avodos Kachavim and the Kiddushin and he just explains that's not a Machlokas. In other words, it only quotes two, not these four. Yeah, but he says Avodos Kachavim is Megadev, Kiddushin is Megarish because of Havaya uh, Lehotza. That it's really not a steer at all. That These are the two areas. So, what is the Ron saying? And he quotes other sources that give other reasonings but this this one resonates with me as follows. Uh, we have this minog in our house, Andrew. Um, that my son um, always likes, if you're being savage and you're like messing, because we have, we have four boys. And so, and then a girl sandwiched in between four boys and then two, two girls at the end. That's how our family is structured. But this girl that's in between four boys, always gets, they're always busting her chops. Chana Ora. So they'll tell her something, but they don't want her to feel bad. They don't want to hurt her feelings, so right away they'll say, "Just kidding," right? So they'll say, "You know, whatever that you know that skirt makes you look like a mushroom." Just kidding, right? So they'll say something, and right away they'll say, "Just kidding," and then "Just kidding" erases the statement, Barry. That's how it works, right? So it's funny. It's like you can laugh about that, but you better not tell a girl harass me audaciously. Just kidding, right? That that's that's already a serious. A serious matter. Nor should anybody ever tell their wife, harass me graciously. Just kidding. Those are, the Ron says, things that are so serious, right? Chamire le, kule hai, that you're not going to say it kam a So, I'm not explaining it exactly the way Ari Leibowitz explained it. Ari Leibowitz is actually explaining it to what the Ron really means. What the Ron really means is that these types of things, or of avodazara, you know, I'm bowing to you avodazara, just kidding. Certain things you don't joke about. That's how I'm explaining it, that when you say it, it's it's so uh, intense that you can't take that back. You can't roll that back. Leran is saying, actually, to be fair, something a little different. He's saying that, but maybe it's, he means something along the lines of what I mean. I'm illustrating it to say that it's such a serious thing that you can't ever take it back. Once you said it, there's no matter, uh, you, you know, you, it's not like uh, once it, it it takes time to marinate. You can never take that back. The Rana is saying a a, a little additional wrinkle, which is that it's because it takes a lot of extra forethought. That's what he's saying. There's a real gemir stas. what? A lot of extra forethought? Yeah, in other words, that's what he's saying. A lot of, right, Uh, because it's the kind of thing that's so chamar that you have to have gemar daito. You have to have really thought it through. You have to really, really be definitive with your thoughts. So that's how Rabari Leibovitz explains it, that you gave it a lot of forethought, you really thought this through, you don't ever say, just kidding, after you say Harayat Mikudeshed or Migureshet or after you do Avodah Zarah, and therefore, those are the only four exceptions where the Toch Kedei Dibur trick does not work. Um, and I'm just saying that maybe what he means by forethought is not that you gave it so much thought ahead of time and that's why you can't roll it back, but because it's such a serious thing that you should give it a lot of forethought and therefore it's really not the kind of thing you can mess with, right? You, can, you can't say just kidding after you say these things. It's too serious. Those are the untouchables, right? You're not going, you can't say uh, that. You can never take that kind of statement back. That's, that's basically the point there. Fine. So now we're at the Mishnah at the bottom of Pezayin Amadalaf. we say like this. So this is a fascinating halacha. She took in this case, one nether, but in the one nether, she included two types of fruit. So she said, I'm swearing off tasting these figs and grapes. Okay, Keemla to Ainim. So now, her father or her husband, you know, he has an opinion about that fruit, it's okay. This other fruit, I, I you know, I, I understand why you swore it off. So kiam to But he didn't say, in other words, all he said was, you know what? Good for you. Those figs are not good for you, and therefore I'm glad you made that nether. So now, wait a minute. Can he be then the him? So, so the Mishnah says kulo kaim that all he has to do is partially be mekayim part of this nether, meaning only one of the fruits, and the whole nether is kaim. However, hayfer l'te'enim. But if he was mefer, she says I'm never going to have te'enim or grapes. And he says, you know what? You can't swear off to Enim. That's part of your morning regimen. Figs are amazing for you. So he was only made for one of the Nadarm, one of the aspects of that one nether, I should say. So the nether is not Mufar, even with respect to Enim, until he's made for both the Tainim and the Anavim. In other words, affirmation can be general when it comes to the nether. kamas Nadarm can be general, but the Afaras Nadarm has to be specific. That when you're made for a nether, you have to be made for all the components of the nether in order for the nether to be undone. But when you're making it, it could be in a general sense. Okay, that's case number one. Case number two. So that is, as the Mishnah says, Hare elush ne nadarim. She is singling out, and she's saying a shanito emes, for both the figs and the grapes separately. That's like two nadarim. Why? Because when she repeats the words, Anito emes, this is what right the the ron basically explains. She splits it up. So therefore, that has halakhic implications, as the ron explains. Right? Like so, if let's say her husband is only being making one of them, he could still be made for the other. Right? Because it's really, literally anything that you would apply to two separate nadarim, even though she only said konam once. The fact that she said Anito Emes twice makes it exactly like two different Nadarim. and therefore, whether you are Makim or whether you are Mayfair, you can be Mayfair. So, so it has two applications. If you're Makim, you, you have to affirm both aspects of the Nether, because it's like two Nadarim. And conversely, as opposed to usually, we said, when you're mayfair and nether, you have to be mayfair all the components of the nether, here, in order for any of it to take effect, here, because it's treated like two separate nadarim, if you're mayfair only the teinim, that works for the teinim, And then, right, and you're being mayfair the teinim and the uh, grapes separately. So as we turn to bays. we say like this, hey for the teinim, right? I'm sorry, let's, uh I think I turned too quickly, right? Let's read the Gemara. Gemara wants to know, Mani Mas Nisan, who's the Tana? Rabbi Shmuel. It's Rabbi Shmuel. The Tanya Ishay Yekimenu, yeah, Ishay Ferenu. Yes. So, what does that teach you? That, that the following Amra Konem Teenim VaNavim Elu Shani Toemes Kiem L'Teenim Right Kulo Kaim That as we said, the lacha is, if she said, halacha, kornim te'enim ve'anavim elushanito emes, she groups both the te'enim and the navim into one group and makes one neder, right? All he has to do is mechaim la te'enim, and it's all kayim. Wait, how's that learned out of yishaye kemenu yishaye forenu? So, the mefarish explains, on the last mefarish on Pei ha Ra'af, she'en shayin yachala afer, shuv ain't uh, shuv, Afilu anovim kasavar nedesha miktsasa hukam kulo. Okay. Uvigamar Mefarish Yakimenu means Yakim Mimenu. Oh, that's where it comes from. In other words, Isha Yakimenu the Isha So when it says Isha Yakimenu, the Gemara is gonna explain, says the Mefaresh, that that's what it means. That when you're you have to be Mekayim, all you have to do is be Mekhaim part of it, and therefore Yakim Mimenu. Okay, so it's like a lemur Limud from the Pasuk. hukam it's a Xer according to Rabbi Ishmael. Now we'll see. We have we could learn it the other way too. So now as we turn to Paisin and Days. However, Hefer let afla anovim. So when it comes to Yekimenu, so again, Isha Yekimenu, ferenu When it comes to Yekimenu, if you're uh, making miktsaso, you're making kulo. When it comes to hafara, then, Enumufer Achi, Yafir Afla Novim. Divrei So, Rebbe Ishmael is the source, right, where we have in a Brysa, and Rebbe Ishmael reads exactly like our Mishnah, right? Rebbe Ishmael is our, is our, uh, looks like the author of our Mishnah, because he holds exactly, and we'll see why, but basically from the Psukim, which is weird, right? Because Ishaya Kemenu, Ishay Ferenu, it's like hekesh Havai la hatsa, Barry. Right? Wouldn't you think that the same Allah would apply to both? But he "What's the difference?" So again, the mafarsh explains, "Yakim mimenu." Something in the language, Yakimenu is suggestive, according to Rabbi Shmuel, that in order to be making another, you only have to be making a portion of it, and to be made for another, you have to make for each of the components. That, in fact, is the shita of Rabbi Shmuel, and that is in fact the shita of our Mishnah. Sounds like our Mishnah is like Rabbi Shmuel. Let's see the Machlokas who disagrees with Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva, Omer, and the B'raith, HaReyu, Omer, Yishayi Kimenu, Yishayi Ferenu. Maya, Kemenu, Mimenu, Afi Ferenu Mimenu. Yeah, that's what I would have said. What do I know? I mean, I don't know anything, but all I, all, all I see here is that Rikiva says that you take the same Pasuk, and you say just like all you need to, let's say you agree with Rabbi Shmuel that Yikimenu means Menu. that all you need to do is partially, right, affirm the nether and the whole net is affirmed. So similarly, all you have to do is partially be mayfair a portion of the nether, either the grapes or the figs, and the whole nether could be mayfair. That's the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara asks, how could Rabbi Shmuel deny Rabbi Akiva this very uh, logical argument that hafara and, and hakama seem to be compared in the in the Pasuk? Shouldn't, shouldn't they have the same halacha? Right, so again, our Mishnah is explaining that it's not the same. Hafara and hakama have different as we've explained. Afar and Akama uh, work differently. Rabbi Yippur says why. They should work the same. It says, It seems to be uh, talking about, like it suggests an equivalence here. So Bishmael says what? Ah, Because when you say it's like That's what Rabbi Shemael is saying. In other words, the word and the word themselves imply different things. Oh. Okay, so therefore, what this means is that the word, according to Rabbi Shmuel, the word yikimenu sounds like yikimimenu, and therefore, specifically when it comes to hakama, it's only hakama where if you're making part of the nether, you're making all of it. Okay, so what would Rabbi Akiva? How would he respond to this? So he says, Rabbi Akiva, makish, hafar la hakama, ma hakamimenu af mi menu. So Akiva great persists, and he said, okay, I understand Rabbi Shmuel that only the word hakama seems to imply that only a partial can be done, but that doesn't change the fact that the pasuk equates hafara to hakama, right? So even though the word mimenu doesn't appear in the word hafara, we are using this pasuk to equate the two. And so therefore, that my reasoning, says Rabbi Akiva, is that both of them could be done with just a partial mention of the nether. So to this, now, a third opinion. Zu diverkiva. Yeah, that's what Ishmael Kiva, that's their argument. But the Khachamim said a whole different shahalaha. Maheshha they went back in the other way. That a kama is like a farah. Mahafara, masha, heyfer, hefer, right? That that only that you're only are being made for the part that you revoke. So, right? In other words. The Chachamim take it in the exact opposite direction. They disregard the fact that Hakama means making me menu. And they say, no, that both hafara and Hakama can apply to a partial nether. Again, very much unlike our Mishnah. Our Mishnah is not like the Chachamim. But they say, so again, a woman makes a nether about figs and grapes and you could be made for just the figs or you could be making just the figs or just the grapes according to the Chachamim, Right? And again, according to Rabbi Kiva, everything is going to be uh, whatever you do, batla kula, right? You're made for the nether. You're mebatal all of it. You're making the nether. You're making all of it, even though you mentioned only one of the components. And Rabbi Shmuel has this hybrid shita, which is in fact the shita of our Mishnah. Okay? Fine. So those are the three halachas, and our Mishnah is like Rabbi Shmuel. Now, finally, Amra konam to ena. What if she said two separate in the Darm, right? And she said, "To, emes, to emes. This part of the Mishnah is Rabbi Shimon. Why? Uh, Rabbi Shimon holds, he said elsewhere, that when you have a single statement, right, but it's addressed to multiple people, you don't divide it unless he says uh, to each and every one, okay? So that, right, is re- regarding to shruus with multiple claimants with a monetary claim, right? And that he has to do for, for everyone. So what does this mean? Because again, the, in our Mishnah, the woman, when she made the nether, she mentioned explicitly two distinct things, and she said, and we say that it's a single nether. So that's the part that our Gemara is picking up on. That unless she said, Right? It, like you said in the Mishnah, Shanito Emes, Venava Shanito MS, that's enough. In other words, the question is, in this particular, in this particular case, what constitutes multiple Nadarim and what constitutes, uh, one nether with multiple components? And that's important, right? Because if you're gonna hold, like, uh, like, let's say, like our Mishnah, if you're gonna hold like Rabbi Ishmael, right, if you hold like Rabbi Akiva, then uh, it's also going to matter a lot because, again, anytime you think, right, only according to the Chachamim, it doesn't matter. According to the Chachamim, every component of a single nether is treated individually. But according to Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmael, right, you have cases where, uh, spe- where they both agree with Hakama, for example, that if you have a single nether with multiple components, the entire nether goes in one lump thing. So, therefore, it is very important to know, when is it considered multiple nedarim. And when is it considered a single nether with multiple components? So our Mishnah s- says that when she says that it's te'ena shanito emes shanito emes, right? So that actually is considered separate nadarim. Ah, the fact that that's considered separate nadarim is means that it's that it can be treated each one individually. So that is according to the Shita of Rabbi Shimon because. Rabbi Shimon says, again, in a different context of when you're making shruas, that in a different context, this is the threshold for when you can separate what is otherwise a give, a single statement, right? A person's offering a statement. That's a single statement. But you can break up the statement into, multi, into several components by saying shanito to Emes, Shani Emes. And that's an, that analogy means that it is now considered separate statements. And again, because we just explained that there are times... Like the Chachamim would say, right? That even if you're making a single statement, you could break it up into the components. So that would be that would be a problem because, well, it wouldn't be a problem. But the point is that is not necessarily consistent with our. That's not consistent with our Mishnah because when you have a single statement and you have to break it up into its components, so then um, so then there's no difference between that and actually having right individual statements. So we have to right, We have to line up our Mishnah with the Mefarshim who will say that typically uh, there is a single statement with multiple components, it's treated as a single statement, unless you otherwise specify. And that's why it's not like a Chachamim. So just again, I said that a little convoluted, I'll say it clearer. Our Mishnah requires you to say she'anito emes, She'ani to emes in order to break it up into individual components. The Chachamim thought that even if you made a single statement, you always break up the Mishnah. You always break up the statement into individual components. So we see that our Mishnah is more like Rabbi Shimon, right? Because Rabbi Shimon is going to require you to explicitly break up your statement into individual components in order to break it up into individual statements. So, um, and therefore, that is why our Mishnah is more consistent with Rabbi Shimon. And now, finally, the Mishnah on the bottom, we'll just read the Mishnah and then we'll resume on Shabbos or next week. This is what we started with today. And so that's, we'll finish bringing it back full circle. What kind of knowledge do you need to have in order to be mefer and nether? So let's say you know that there's a concept of Nadarim, but you didn't know that there's the concept of a forest Or then, then yafir. Then you could be mefer the nether. But when? On the day that you were informed, that there's a forest nadar. That's what that means. Right? Yodea nishi mafir and aval eni is a nether, or if you knew that there was a Yafer. that if you knew that your wife or your daughter made a nether, right, but you didn't know that there's such a thing as a forest nadar, so a mayor says you can no longer be made for the nether because you were aware of the nether already, and therefore you were aware of it too long and you lost the lapse. The time elapsed and you cannot be made for it. But the Chacham says, yes, you could still be made for it. In no, other words, the Chachamim hold that until you know both that this is a nether and that you have the ability to be made for the nether, the clock doesn't start. And it is only after you have knowledge of both of those things. Uh, and as we mentioned in the first mission that we talked about today, and who made the nether and what the content of the nether was, that's when the clock starts and Bezat Hashem uh, and at that point, that's when you can be made for the nether. We will resume. Everybody have a good Shabbos. We'll resume next week.